Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is sponsored by Van Boom Creative, aka Luke Van Boom and his team of angel babies. Okay, so Van Boom Creative are the only creative company you will ever need, yeah, and you will ever and should ever want. So they do video, they do audio, they do any kind of visual photography. So it's worked with Julian Marley, Bob Marley's son. And if you need to, you don't need to know any more than that, really, because that is... They are his credentials. That's cute. That's all you need to know. So if you think you haven't got the budget, find it, because it'll be worth it. You've all got a little idea. But what you're going to do is you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I will give Luke a little... I will drop um, Luke a little email. He sounds like he proper knows what he's doing, and it sounds like we proper need something like that. So I will drop in an email, but I'll do it later. But I'm telling you now, this is your opportunity. You're not going to do it later. You know you're not going to do it later. So pause the podcast before it starts. Yeah. Because it's going to start any minute. Pause it. Send an email to hello at bangboomcreative.com. Yeah. And tell them we sent you. Yeah, because he loves us. So that'll butter him right up. <laughs> but do it now. Take the first step. Take the first step now. You, you'll change your life. It was going to change your life. And you know I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I ruined that. Charlie and Nina. Good morning. It's Monday morning, isn't it, here in South End and probably yes. everywhere else in England? Yeah, and in fact, the world. Well, no. No? Is that not how time works? <laughs> not Monday morning everywhere else in the world. Different time zones. <laughs> yeah, but it's a different time on Monday morning. A different time on no. Monday. No? No. Anyway. <laughs> it's sunny and it's lovely and we're joined. By Gary Mansfield. Yeah. He's Good morning, ladies. How are you? I'm a little further down the river in just off of Dagnum in Romford, and it's sunny here as well. Is it? What's good? Is it Monday morning? No, it's Tuesday afternoon. I don't know what's happening your end. See? It's that timeline up the river. Yes, it's no. Monday morning. Right, we make jokes <laughs> about this, but I genuinely don't know whether you're joking or not. <laughs> I'm not that well, Gary got me this morning already. Well, so, yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got the host of Ministry of Art podcast, curator, art sensation and former bad boy with a heart of gold, Gary Mansfield, today. That's me. That should be a Wikipedia page for me. That sounds it good. Is, yeah. I mean, there was a whole host of other things about you, but you know, <laughs> we won't hold you to it. <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. So we've got you here to ask all the all the juicy gossip, haven't we, really? Yeah. So you've got an interesting backstory, Gary, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Do you want to tell us in your so, own words? Yeah. So I'd been a criminal all of my life until my sort of mid-20s. I was involved in fake clothing. Um, I was taking a lot of fake clothing from Essex up to where a lot of fake clothing starts, funnily enough, from <laughs> Essex um, up to Birmingham and dropping it off on my way to Liverpool to visit some friends. Um, the people I picked the uh, fake clothing up from uh, were new people that I've been working with. When I picked it up, police, helicopters, guns, everything come about, um, smashed me up, put me in, like you know, arrested me, and it turns out there was £4.2 million worth of Class A drugs in amongst the clothing. And um, 
yeah, then so I spent seven years of a 14-year prison sentence um, in jail all around the country. What does that much drugs look like? Because I to put, like, that's a, that's a massive amount of money, isn't it? Well, it was two holdalls, big holdalls full. Um, <laughs> and... It, it didn't feel any different to the... And, and it, was, it wasn't it was actual clothing I was meant to be picking up. It was, at the time, this was in the mid uh, early 90s, and the um, labels used to come on a big roll. Um, like a, you know, like when you see the film tins on telly, you know, what they put the film in? Yeah. It was like a, a you know, a, a small cake tin, you know, and that's how they've always been. And it didn't feel any different when I picked them up. And I've, I've done this, you know, dozens of times. Didn't feel any different. It still sort of felt the same. It, it didn't feel peculiar. You know, I wasn't thinking about it. And when they had arrested me and put me in the back of the police car um, and they'd got all the stuff out of the bags and they was laying it on the floor, at least some of them. And I did think, well, how comes they're square? Because I'd always only ever seen them round, you know. And they were square, like the size, if anyone remembers an old phone book, it was sort of like that. And uh, all the time I'm sitting in the car, I'm thinking, all of this fuss over some fake labels, you know, it was something you don't even go to prison for. And, uh, yeah, then the, I had very much some uh, egg on my face afterwards. But, so um, was the reason why you got so long in prison? Because obviously that wasn't you that did that. So yeah, you obviously yeah, didn't tell of the person that gave you the drugs is that why you had so long is that is that why you That's went very, very much correct i mean i i didn't point the person out the person got arrested as well who stitched me up and mm. there was a couple of people that stitched me there was a chain the two people that got me involved with this new guy were both in the dock as well but with all that old bollocks about the uh you know the, the unwritten rule and all that in the in the underworld yeah, so i stood yeah. up in the dock and it weren't me to point them out, you know? And um, I had some friends who were like the old 60s villains, you know, from from years ago, the well-known ones that, that are in the books. And they were saying to me, just stand up in the dock and fucking point them out. They stitched you up. Um, that's not grassing because they have put you in that position unwittingly, you know? But I still couldn't do it, you know? And I knew fully well that the moment that I said, no, he's not in this room or in this courtroom, I knew that I'd be sailing myself down the river and mm. I knew I'd be going away. But, and I, you know, I don't want to sound like some fucking honourable thief, but that's the rules I'd fucking lived by. And I'm, I'm a strong believer in that, you know. And I just thought, well, you know, I, I'd done loads in my time that could have got me 14 years in prison. I was quite heavily into all different things. And it was just sod's law. You know, if I weren't on that criminal ladder, I wouldn't have fallen off of it, you know. So, but as soon as I said he wasn't here, the dirty bastard give a fist pump and looked over to his family. You know, he didn't even fucking look at me and give a nod or any acknowledgement. And I think that that was the point that sowed the seed that I didn't want to be around this criminal world anymore, you know, which it was a lot of bloody fun to be in, to be honest, you know. Yeah, you kind of get the impression that they're like what I do get the impression that they're like one big family from like watching all like the mafia films and things like that like you're this close-knit group of people that are supposed to take care of each other and if you don't then your number's up kind of thing but like well, you... there's no loyalty there for someone who you're going no he's not here and then he's like wicked thanks well what you find is the ones with the money and the power they haven't got the scruples you know it's, it's the ones further down the ladder who are yeah. in that sort of we're in this together thing that they do a lot of the time, you know, look after each other and live by them rules a little bit, you know. And yeah. um, you got your own laws, haven't you? Yeah, but you go further up the ladder and they're just interested in a fucking pound note and themselves, you know. Yeah. And they they don't give a, a monkeys about um, those below them, you know. Same any, with any business, then really. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly yeah. that sort of thing. The higher up you go, the more of a cunt you are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But on the flip side to that, I went in prison, um, I discovered art, I'd never done it before, found out I was pretty good at it, fell in love with it, contacted some artists on the outside who wrote to me um, and sort of pushed me, give me support, 
some of them were now like A-listers um, in the art world. And they was writing to me throughout my sentence, made me obsessed with art. And, you know, when I come out, I'd already started a degree. So I finished that off while I was, um, when I got released. And um, I've been floating about in and out the art world ever since. So it's it, it, it wouldn't have happened if that shitbag didn't grasp me up, you know. Yeah, you've done your favour, really. I think so, Nina, <laughs> because I would have still been that same person. Yeah. The, the beautiful thing um, is that I've now got children that are really lovely people that anyone would want to have as their children because they've got great personalities, they're lovely people, great sense of humour, they've got loads of empathy and love. Yeah. And if and that's because I'm a different person now, you know. I mean, I weren't a complete arsehole before. Yeah. But I had different outlooks in life. And if that hadn't have happened and I hadn't have changed because of art, then they would have been different kids, you know. They would have been like little photocopies of me when I was a, a, a young scallywag and tear away, you know, that possibly. Yeah, so do you instill that sort of how you were sort of raised? Do you kind of instill that, like, don't be a grass, like, into your, no, your grandchildren? I don't. They never even knew anything about me until they was about 11. Oh, you know, okay. I, I, I didn't, because I, I don't know which point. To, I know this is supposed to be a, a, a fun <laughs> thing, but I don't know which point in my life I went down that path, because my brother wasn't like it. We yeah. grew up in the same home. We was as skint as each other, you know, in what it was like in them days. Um, yeah, so we, we grew up. In the, you know, we had the same life, but he's a fucking good guy and I wasn't. So I don't know where it went wrong. So I just made sure I was really strict on, on my boy, at least, because I didn't know where it went wrong. So I made sure he didn't stay off the tracks. So I was a little bit over strict, but he doesn't resent it. And he's a fucking good lad, you know. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's well, that's all that matters, really. You can only give advice, can't you? And like yeah. try and steer him in the right direction. But I don't think... Like you say, your brother was a good guy and you were a bad guy. You probably weren't a bad guy, but your, you know, mechanisms for survival were different. Like yeah. my family's like that. My my brother's form of survival was, well, not struggle. Just like everything is a struggle. Where I'm just like adapt, adapt yeah. and survive. <laughs> yeah, but we're all doing the same thing, I think. But yeah. just different different means do you know what I mean like yeah, well, you're working I think because yeah. we because I used to like get in a bit of trouble when I was a, a kid like pre-teen and it was fucking exciting getting chased by the police you know and <laughs> and, and stuff it, it it was fun and then the, the trouble is we sort of we, we nicked some stuff out of this garage once that turned out to be a, a lockup of a criminal you know and we had all of this stuff that we you know we was only like 12 or something 13 we didn't know what to do with it and then someone offered to buy, well, the bloke who owned the greengrocers offered to buy this um, punch bag that we had, this leather punch bag. And then all of a sudden, that was the worst thing because we thought, fucking hell, we can earn money out of this being naughty now. And then that was the, that was the, the path it went down, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it was a good life, though. I mean, other than, you know, I got fucking beat up loads. And, you know, if you're in a violent um, environment, you're going to encounter violence, aren't you? But on, on the whole, looking back, it was a lot of bloody fun. You know, it was exciting nights. There was money to be earned. There was, you know, a load of girls. It was, you know, we was mid-20s, early-20s, and, and everything was like when you watch one of those films, you know. You, you yeah. do forget the really bad times, but looking back on the good, it was all good fun, you know. Yeah. Everything a young guy would like. Well, talking about girls, I mean, women love a bastard, don't they? Oh, they so... do. <laughs> Which is handy. Because I ain't got any looks or personality, so being a bad boy helped. Do you think it is just the excitement? That's oh, Well, I'll ask you, what do you see in it? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm not into bad boys at all. No, no, I'm always oh, like, I don't know. I'm not always a women that are. Yeah. <laughs> You're out of luck, Gary. I'm yeah, afraid. sorry. I mean, yeah. I'm good now, Charlie. But yeah, I don't know. I like the idea of it. Um, and like sometimes when you fantasize, you think, could I be like a mobster's wife? But I don't think I've got the minerals for it. I'll be stressed the absolute fucking mat. <laughs> but if, 
if it's any consolation, when stuff used to happen, like if we got into tear-ups or stuff like that, often I'd walk away from it feeling a little bit guilty that what had just happened. Yeah. So on reflection, looking back, like at the time, it was all that fucking fake bravado, you know? But looking back now, I see that I wasn't that bad person I was trying to um, make out to be because when some stuff happened, I felt fucking guilty about it. And if I didn't feel guilty about it, well, because I felt guilty about it, that means that there, it must, there must have been a, a good person inside who disagreed what the bad person outside was doing, you know? Yeah, definitely. And that's yeah. probably part of the reason why you took the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Why you stood up in court and thought, do you know what? Like, because I suppose you sort of thought you served it, deserved it anyway. But yeah. You can keep your integrity at the same time. And you know go like go and do do that and then that's you paying your well that was a big part of it charlie because i thought well i can do so i can do a i figured i'd get eight, 18 years to be honest because it was so much fucking gear it was like 50 kilos of class eight and i thought i was going to get an 18 and i thought and i knew i'd do nine of that 18 and i thought all right so i'm going to have nine years of hardship but i knew the way that i think that my mind works the rest of my life i would be fucking battling with myself because i I fucking cowarded out, you know, and, and yeah. pointed the guy out. And I knew that I wouldn't be able to live with that. So it was either, you know, I, I in, in there of fucking punch in the face or a slap around the face. So I just give myself a, a seven year slap around the face. But it was, it was the best thing that ever fucking happened to me, you know. Yeah, yeah. So um, while you were in prison, yeah. I've, lo I've watched lots of prison stuff. Yeah. On TV. English or American? Both. Yeah. Oh, good. A little, little bit of everything. Because, again, <laughs> women love a bastard. Very <laughs> <laughs> yeah, secretly. It's my fetish. Yeah. Pretend I don't, but... I'm I can be kidding. horrible to you if you yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, com it's a comfortable distance, isn't it? Like, yeah. when you're watching it on TV and you're like, oh, yeah, what a terrible, terrible yeah. man. And then you, like, tuck yourself in behind, like, beside some absolute... Like nerd, <laughs> yeah. it's quite comfy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're there for a very long time, and mm. um, that's obviously that takes its toll on you, I guess, sexually. The sexual frustrations build up, the testosterone, and you know there's a lot of sex that goes on in prison, according to all the shows. Right. So true is. I never saw a fucking single piece, not a fucking thing, through seven years. And I weren't walking around with blinkers on either. You know, for the, for the first he, 18 he months... He hung around looking. I was actively <laughs> looking for it, but there was nothing to look <laughs> Yeah, I was throwing soap on the floor everywhere. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I was known as the soap soap on a rope guy, dragging it behind me. Chucking it around like seed for pigeons. But just I never like... saw a fucking single thing. Never saw a single thing. And for the first 18 months of my bird, of, of my sentence... I was that different person. Then I had like maybe six months transitioning into this or trying to transition into the new me, right? So the first 18 months, if there was any of that, I was with, I was, I was in amongst the, the fucking politics of the jail, if you know what I mean, mm. you know, and never saw, never even heard of anything like that. Okay, we heard that these two Greek guys who got nicked together, who were in a cell, there was rumours going around that they were banging each other, but that was probably just a fucking, you know, a, a rumour going around. But that was the only thing I heard. Um, there was a, one openly gay guy who was in there. Um, and that was sort of like later on in my sentence. And he was just getting fucking slated all the time. And we ended up, um, or I ended up sticking up for him and sort of um, people were saying that, that he was my bitch because I, I was like like keeping people from bullying him, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he was just a fucking fella who was getting slated, you know. He, although he wore the Spice Girl shoes, they didn't fucking help. <laughs> you know, the big platform trainer things. 
What in prison? Oh, I know it's fucking murder. You was allowed you your allowed? own trainers. You was allowed your own trainers, and he had these fucking party girl thing. Well, I don't know what they're called. Oh my god, he's and, a um, fucking dream. He's the baby spice. Oh <laughs> man, and, <laughs> and the thing is, uh, this is funny, right? Because whenever he used to walk around, they they used to hammer him, right? And it was it was mainly um, the fellow black guys. They they couldn't handle uh, another black guy being the only gay in the village, if you like, you mm. know, and they used to fucking hammer him. And then I had, although I say the old me was left behind, he was still floating about inside, you know, so I put my foot down and I was like, fucking leave him alone. He's all right. And he, he was the boyfriend of a famous footballer that was, um, that was gay, you know, that had come out and um, he'd got himself in jail for whatever reason. And then, so they wouldn't let him come in the TV room. We'd all sit there, because no, no one wanted him sat next to him. So I used to sit down the front, right? So, and I can't remember his name, which is, is bad for me, but say it was, I, I don't know, Tom. So I'd go, right, Tom, you can fucking sit down here. And the that programme, the, um, oh man, I'm gonna make myself look a fucking divvier. South Park had just started, right? Yeah. And it was only like half a dozen episodes in, and we'd recorded it. I've said he can sit down the front. Well, this episode, it was all about gays. Like, the, you know, like the YMCA <laughs> type, you know, the cowboys and the fucking... And fucking hell, it couldn't have been... Because now everyone's, like, don't know whether to laugh or not because I've just put my foot down to fucking leave him alone, you know. And God, was, everyone's was, sitting there just like, don't even look at the TV, don't look at yeah. anyone. And then he went... <laughs> He went to me, and he, he spoke really camp as well, which sort of didn't help, but he was him, you know, he weren't he weren't coming back from where he was. And he's, he said he's just, like, you know, going somewhere, and he's, he's walked out of the room, then, like, the tension lifted. And then he'd been gone for about 10 minutes, and I went, where the fucking hell's Tom? And then just as I said it, on the telly, one of them went, he's gone to the shops to buy, buy himself a new pair of leather pants. <laughs> And the fucking, and just as it, that happened, he walked in, there was a fucking load of laughter. And then someone said, well, you know, where's your leather pants? And he didn't know what they were talking about. And that made it, that sort of, it was all right. They was laughing with him then and not yeah. him. And he was all right after that with most of them. You know, it was a good little yeah. experience. But sorry, Charlie, your, your question, I never saw it once. A few people were, you know, were having it with the female hairdresser. Um, like, uh, in, in oh. one prison, prison like a female prison officer in another, um, you know, a cheeky little what's it, cheeky little wank off the librarian in Chelmsford Prison. That was all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was a lovely guy. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no, you know, little bits like that. But I never saw what you see on the telly was, you know, some effeminate guy being made someone's bitch I've never yeah. even heard of that in there you just I sort of get the impression that it's just like a, a just a bunch of horny men just trying to fuck everything because like I mean that's what they're like just normally free walking around mm. so you put them all in one room and that's the sort of that's what goes through my head that it's just this like testosterone fueled it is it is and that's why thing. that's why I'm that's why wanking in there doesn't get even get, you know, no one bats an eyelid at it. Well, yeah. There'd be bloody riots. There'd be hell yeah. to pay, wouldn't they, if they were yeah, like... Unless, unless you're doubled up. That. I mean, unless you're in a double cell, then that ain't really on, is it? Then that becomes a little bit pervy. But um, if, if you're not gay, you know, you, you've got a guy on the top bunk cracking one out while you're trying to sort of uh, get asleep, that, that, you know, no one wants that, do they, if, if you're a straight guy. But um, yeah, as I say, I never saw any of that. It was just uh, mags were allowed. Um, did you ever get recruited to sketch out some like porn for people as an artist, as the local? Yeah, do, do as a sculpture, will you, Gavin? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'll tell you another one, right? So I've been in jail for five and a half years. I've gone through the system of high security, medium security. Now I was up in an open prison in Aylesbury, right? So I've got. I was able to go to college for the last for the last term or something with my portfolio to get it all put together to get my final qualification, right? The GMVQ it was at the time. So um, I'd gone in, done my portfolio, and they said I had to do the last 
excuse me, I had to do the last quarter of the, the session. So on my very first day at a college, we had life drawing. And it was, and I'm even thinking, please be a man, please be a man. Because <laughs> I haven't seen a naked woman in 3D form for like five and a half years, only in a magazine. Oh my and I'm sitting there, or standing there, with an easel and a board up, you know, like, you know, like some fucking wannabe artist. And then this woman walks in with a gown, and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. And she's pulled it off, and the vision of her and, and what I was seeing in my head, you know, this, I saw it all in slow motion of this dressing gown slowly <laughs> falling to the floor and this sort of a... Uh, the less dance, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the room then, went dark and there was spotlights yeah, this, on her. <laughs> exactly. This vixen on a fucking chaise long, you know. <laughs> and um, I was like, oh, fucking hell. And, you know, I've always been all right sexually, you know, but all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I've got fucking palpitations and a, <laughs> a little bit clammy. And I'm, I'm drawing and I'm trying to be a fucking grown-up artist. And inside, I've got the fucking sexually deprived little boy going, <laughs> there's tits. <laughs> I can see some pubes. <laughs> you know, and, uh, trying to keep my hand out of my pocket while I'm drawing. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm drawing it. And, and the, the tutor, who turned out to be from Grey's, right, um, living up in Aylesbury, she, we'd, I got on with her straight away, you know, having a good laugh, and she's looking over at me, and she could fucking mind me, <laughs> you know, and she's looking around at all these other sort of like 17-year-olds who are sort of feeling embarrassed by seeing this woman, and there's me trying to dry hump the easel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she's come over, and um, I'm, I'm, I've drawn a bit of her, you know, and she said, you should pay more attention to the nipple area. I said, it's because I'm paying too much attention to the fucking nipple area that none of it's getting drawn properly. But, uh, yeah, she hasn't was... got a head yeah. or, or any legs. <laughs> but, yeah, that was that was funny. My first uh, visually sexual encounter in five and a half years and, yeah, turned into a little fucking prepubescent boy, you know. It was funny. So Especially because I'm so fucking loud and go, yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that. And then push come to shove. And I was like, fucking, don't make eye contact with me. I'm sure you can read my mind, you know. So what was sex like the first time that you had sex when you come out of prison? That fucking quick. <laughs> <laughs> you remembered the life drawing class and it was um, over before it was Um no, it was it was fine. And listen, I'm I'm not as you can see, I'm not a, I'm not a guy who goes, oh yeah, I've done this, I've done that. I don't know what it was that when I came out, I think it's because I was just I've always been quite. I've had loads of friends, uh, female friends, when I was growing up. I was in the, the sex industry a little bit, insofar as looking after some girls, and you know, the, I've been around that game all the time. So. I, I think I've always been had a quite good um, relationship, open relationship verbally with women, you know. Yeah. And I don't know whether it was that combined with the the frustration or, or talk, just being around men talking like quite unemotional about stuff, if you know what I mean. But I don't know what it was, but whatever I was fucking doing was really working because I, I wasn't, I, I've never really gone and like tried to do chat up lines or try to pull a girl. I've, it's just sort of like become sort of half mates and you go, well, are we going to be mates or are we going to just have, you know, quick sex and then be mates or, you know, that sort of thing. And I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was just work. You know, I, I was just like seeing girls left, right and centre for, for a little while. Well, it's and, amazing um, how responsive women are to respect, isn't it? <laughs> like oh, yeah, I the mean, minute it's... you show a bit of interest and actually listen to what we're saying, we will have sex with but you. I think it's because I wasn't trying to get any in anyone's drawers. Yeah, you know? and uh, that it was. Uh, well, I, but I don't even now when I look back because you know this what you see now is just a little bit older than what was then. So it's, it wasn't <laughs> some fucking Adonis walking around, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. Don't know what was happening, but it was it was working well. And even like the, the this is while I was at uni, you know, and like the guys on the on the course, I'm going like, what the fuck am I doing? And they're going, I don't know. It was it was quite strange. I'm not knocking it. 
And, and please don't think I'm trying to give it a big one because I'm really not. I'm still trying to figure out what the fuck it was anyone saw with me, you know. Women just throw themselves at me. I know. It's a hard life, you know. Trying to yeah. fucking walk around front of market and you got you know, a trail of fucking women like the Pied Piper I am, you know. <laughs> like a conga line of fucking hotties behind me. <laughs> it's never been like that. I bet you might behind like, you now just being like, fuck off, will you? <laughs> yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. Go and get your own Adonis. Yeah. I'm taken. I'll put in the hours with this one. Well, that leads us on to our questions. We've got more questions for you. We could sit in that all day about your, your animal magnetism, Gary. I know. But what I'm we want to know... <laughs> I know. There's lucky, you're lucky there's a screen between us, because honestly... Yeah. Put your clothes back on and let's go on with the conversation. <laughs> it's not happening, girls. <laughs> OK, well, we'll end that one then. We can try to man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the worst sex you've ever had? Oh man, when you sent these through, I've, I mean, most of my back, most of my sex is the worst. But, <laughs> but I, I was thinking of one occasion, and I was seeing a girl who everything was romance, you know. And she, if we was going out for a meal, she would have this fucking script in her head of what's going to happen at the meal and how it's going to go. And I, I'm probably going to say something like this, and she's going to act. So it was like living to a fucking script all the time. And it was never going to, you know, I was never going to fulfil them expectations because I'm a dick, you know, so <clears throat> I'd ruin it. But this was like the late 80s, early 90s, very early 90s. And um, we was romance in a caravan in Clacton where, you know, most romance starts. Oh, my God. But she'd had this thing about being in the shower. And it being all romantic, so she was telling me about how when we get in the shower, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, it's going to be all romantic. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And then this clumsy prick joins the fucking equation. <laughs> so he is in the shower. In, in, you know, they're very small. And I'm a it's a caravan shower. It's not yeah. just your average shower. Caravan showers aren't small, aren't they? No. So we're in there. The water's on. She's sort of eyes closed and being, you know, in a in a different world or just not wanting to look at me, whatever. whatever <laughs> uh, I'm trying to remember the fucking script that I've, you know, been told in my head. So, <laughs> so the wall was coming down. The wall was a nice heat. You know, she's against the wall. The curtains shut, sticking to my back a little bit. You know, oh, I hate that. Right. So, but I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to be a dick and crack a joke, right? Because she's in the moment. You know, fifty percent of us are in this moment. <laughs> but either way, it's come to the point. I've lifted her leg up, her left leg, and as I've lifted it up, it's fucking run along the tap that turns. And I've turned off the fucking cold water. And all of a sudden, this fucking burning hot water <laughs> come onto my face, you know? And I've, like, jumped back, but I've slipped, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm falling backwards in a very small room. The only thing I can grab hold of is her. <laughs> and, and bearing in mind, now I'm thinking in slow motion, right? All of a sudden, the curtain rings have gone bing, 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 bing. bing come off. I've gone down. The curtain rail, like an L-shaped thing. Yeah. You know? 
which is and the walls in there are flum, flimsy anyway. <laughs> yeah, right? as much as I can. So <laughs> I've fallen back, and it's you know yourself in these caravans, it's probably a fucking two-foot gap to the other wall. <laughs> well, I've come down, I've fucking smashed my head against the wall. On the way down, I've hit the toilet. The top of the system's come off, and there's a crack down the, like the front of the system where I've hit that. And water is just pissing out of this. And bearing in mind, this is all two seconds, right? <laughs> there's water pissing out the fucking system. I've come back. There's a mirror above me, and it's a tiled wall. And as I've hit the wall, all these fucking tiles and broken mirror just coming down towards <laughs> my face. I've tried to move out of the way. My shoulders cut. And because I've held her, she's come down as well. And she's fucking <laughs> smacked her head onto me. She's got a cut on the side of her eye just there. That's because she's wet and the water's pissing from us. We've got hot water coming down. Luckily, it was hitting her back. I was fine. I had the cold water from the sister. <laughs> <She's not alive. laughs> yeah. So it wasn't all bad. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, when I look back at that moment. That wasn't that wasn't my proudest. No, sex in the shower is so dangerous. Anyway, I don't know how people romanticise it. Like they're standing on some underneath some sort of like. Waterfall with yeah. like a 90s advert. I always like get perfect or Andre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I won't like, like that. that. No. Like that. Well, I never get the shower. So, like, I always get the cold bit. Like, the shower's only <laughs> in one person. So, I'm like having sex freezing cold, and I'm like, this isn't what I envisioned. <laughs> it's just the water gets in your eyes. Yeah. Soap steam. You're drowning. And it's slippery. Yeah. And We said this about blowjobs in the shower, didn't we? Like, no one wants to drown <laughs> while they're given a blowjob. <laughs> Getting like, water bonded. It's, it's hard enough to breathe as it is yeah. when you're given a yeah. blowjob. Getting water need... bonded while giving oral sex ain't the thing, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. It's no, not it's the one. Not. But I don't know what kind of... We need. To, maybe we need to research what, what are the best sex positions for... Inside a shower, because obviously standing on one leg, getting your leg lifted up is just—I mean, I mean, that's an accident. Well, I didn't did think of the physics that. of it. Yeah, I no. didn't think. I, I was just going along with her fucking story, and you know, looking back, she may have just wanted me to get in the shower because I stunk. You know, you, you, <laughs> I might have had a hygiene problem. <laughs> yeah, you get in there and wash, and I'll stay out here. It's, yeah, it turns me on. <laughs> You're what. <right, love. laughs> Oh, my God. Just the calamity of it. Like, and you know it happened in a second. Whilst you're going through this story, you can tell that it was literally just a flash because we've all slipped in the shower before and taken out everything that's in there. Oh, man, it, was, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Oh, my God. Uh, right, what was your... <laughs> what, I mean, this could count as being the next question as well. Um, but what was your most embarrassing sex moment? Right. <clears throat> I've had a few. <laughs> but this one doesn't involve the me a part of the act, right? Now, I'm sure you've heard of Heaven Nightclub. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So I used to run the security at Heaven Nightclub. And oh, to be honest, I'll be, I'll be open and honest, I was a homophobic before I went there, insofar as... I didn't know any gays. Larry Grayson off the telly, you know, you know, any people <laughs> in the seventies. That was all I knew of the, the, you know, the the gay world. Um, went down to heaven. Fucking hell, learning curve. Turned out to be the fucking best place I've ever worked in my life. Absolutely loved it. But um, on certain nights, because we've done it on three nights. Um, I don't know if you, if you knew heaven at the time, which was early nineties. On Thursday was a thing called Rage, which was a brilliant rave. Friday was the, what they used to call the gay night, which it was pretty much just gay and lesbians going in mainly. Yeah. Um, Saturday night was a bit more fluid. You know, you can have a wrong fucking word to use there. But um, yeah, it was a bit more of anyone can come in. <clears throat> well, on the, <laughs> on the Friday night, oh, when we had to go around, we had to go in the toilets to make sure no one was up to anything, right? Um, and most places it would be, you know, making sure no one's having a line of anything in there. You didn't know what you was walking into, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, I went walking in to, and 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 it was strange on a, in that club because 
women's toilets were opposite the men's toilets, but everyone used to use everyone's. It didn't. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was, you know, it was the only night that used to happen. But I'd gone in what was the ladies' toilets. So we've had a look around the cubicles, fine. When I've come out, there was a guy had come up. Oh, um, sorry, the men's were opposite. As I've come out, I've seen a guy sort of running out with a funny look on his face out of the toilet, a, a bit sharpish, you know. So I thought, what the fuck's going on in there? So I've gone in, and occasionally you get a, you do get a few straight guys get in who can't really handle the environment, right? Yeah. So in the men's toilets, there was like two cubicles. So I've gone in, and I can just do a fucking give it to me, fucking give it. And I thought, someone's being fucking mugged. <laughs> and then some other guys have come in, and he's going, fucking give it to me, you cunt. And I've gone, right, and then I've got my fucking cape on now, and I, I'm going to <laughs> fucking help this person. Well, I fucking booted the door open, and this fucking guy's on his knees making a fucking ventriloquist doll out of the guy in front who was bending over. He was beyond the wrist. <laughs> and the guy at the top who was leaning over onto the fucking toilet is looking back, going to the fella. He was the one going, fucking give it to me, you cunt. Fucking give it. And my fucking God, I, I, I just I stood there just fucking looking. Didn't know what was fucking happening. And then, all, you know, all these other guys have heard the door going down. Um, someone's told other security that Gary's just gone running into the fucking toilets to, to help this poor person who was being mugged. <laughs> and, and I've stood there and there's just loads of people come running in. And, yeah, that, that was death. Because I didn't... That was the first sexual gay act I'd encountered, you know. You, you, obviously, you see guys playing about with each other and kissing in that club. Yeah. But that was the first. And, and what a tragic thing to see when you're trying to sort of come to terms with that um, or trying to include that world into your life, having it that sort of um, straight in, in one go. It was fucking traumatising. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit strong, isn't it? I can imagine even if it was a straight couple it would have been a bit of a shock yeah. to see someone up to their elbow in colon. It weren't. Yeah. It, 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 was, uh, it was strange, yeah. <laughs> and, I, I, and at that point, because normally you'd go, like if you if you see a, a couple, uh, uh, sorry, a straight couple having sex, you go, oh, fucking put that away and get out. You know, I know how to speak to that sort of thing. Yeah. I was just taken aback, you know. So what did aback. they do? Did they carry on or did they like... Try and beckon you to join in, or <laughs> yeah. did they start? Well, they <laughs> pass, pass me a tube of loot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, he's. I, I, I can't really remember to be honest. It was that that moment sort of froze, and you know, the, the club probably finished. And I was still there in <laughs> silent yeah. amazement. You know, someone can carry a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, but um, I remember that they weren't too. Fun. The guy who was doing the fisting. He was bothered about it. The guy at the front, it was a fucking everyday, you know, just another day's work for him, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's not something you can just, like, put away. Like, if you're giving someone a blowjob, you can quickly just, like, quick put it, put it, everything away, stand up. But, I mean, as a person who's never been fisted, I can't really think of the process of where it would be quick to get your fist out of someone well if it was an everyday occurrence for this guy then i can imagine it probably would have been quite a simple um yeah i don't know <laughs> but yeah he pulled his fist out there's a bunch of flowers there as well rabbit but yeah embarrassing because i just i just didn't know what to do what to say and uh, it's, yeah. you know, it's a, a funny little story now, but, um, yeah, I, I just didn't know what to do, where to look, what to say. I was not shaking his fucking hand on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for your concern. No one was stealing my purse. <laughs> yeah. You I mean, like, was... in, hoping to save the day, and <laughs> then you'd just been like, ah, oh, well... <laughs> Fuck. It's so yeah. funny. I could just imagine you standing there for <laughs> days. <laughs> I mean, the thing oh, is, I used to carry a truncheon at them times in case it kicked off. And if they saw that in my pocket, they might have oh, thought, you know, yeah. I was enjoying it. Him or what? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a co is that a cosh in your pocket? Or you just, obviously, it's cosh. It's a cosh. <laughs> 
okay, so you worked in you worked in heaven, so yeah. there must have been a lot of sexy music going on in there. I was just uh, um, at the car at that time. It was sort of like fucking hardcore techno, you know, on on the Friday at least. Saturday was a little bit more less colourful, you know, or more yeah. colourful, I'd say, less dark. That's for sure. What is your what is the sex what is your sexiest song then? Right is now, it this anything goes... from from your club days or no, is it... no. Right. bit weird. This goes back to my childhood, right? Oh, and, okay. yeah, no. <laughs> but bear with me. <laughs> it doesn't include fisting. <laughs> well, when there, there used to be a, a very large pub in Dagenham called the Fiddlers, which was very well known. <laughs> it was called the, Merry, yeah. <laughs> called the Merry Fiddlers. And at this time, I was probably about 10 or 11, something like that. And my mum's best mate used to be the manageress of the pub. And I used to knock about with her son. We were the same age. And on Sunday, they used to have strippers around, a, I think it was called the Fiesta Bar or something like that, whatever the, the big, long function room was. They used to have, like, uh, several podiums, and then they'd have strippers coming on a Sunday. <coughs> um, so they'd have, I don't know, three or four strippers, you know, one after, after another being on the stage. Well, then, at the end, because we was never allowed in there, we was allowed to run through the pub all day, every day, unless it was Sunday afternoon, then we weren't allowed in, you know. Yeah. And, um, but we knew, because, you know, obviously we were young boys, we'd look through fucking crack windows and, you know, what have you. <laughs> and we knew that near the end, the three or four strippers that were on would all get on the stage together and they'd all dance. Do you remember this song called Je T'aime? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I listened right. to that yesterday, weird though. Funnily, yeah. You weren't you weren't on a podium with three girls, was you? <laughs> I was dancing to it in this like run-down pub. Yeah, weird. <laughs> right. So so we knew whenever that song was being played, all three of them or four of them, whatever there was, the number of strippers would be on the stage doing stuff with each other, you know, oh. to get right. So that he had a flat roof and he had those, you know, the big skylights, the dung skylights. Mm, yeah. It had those, and and they were that. Remember that glass that was like you couldn't see through it. It was opaque glass, but it had like wire inside it. Yeah. So it used to let the light in, but you couldn't fucking see through. But because it was hot, they used to wind the windows open. So we'd go when we heard that dot. Well, sorry, when we heard that jeten, we was like, you know, when you say to a dog walkies. We was like that as kids, you know, we'd fucking <laughs> run up <laughs> in the bar, upstairs, at the fire escape, jump over onto the roof, go over and look for the open window, you know, and then there'd be these two fucking 11-year-old kids <laughs> sticking their head through, like, 30 feet up, you know. But, yeah, so we would see um, that these three or four women playing about with each other, you know. And now, whenever I hear that song, it, it just makes me smile, you know, of the young perv running you know <laughs> running as if there's a fucking fire you know i love that because that is a classic isn't it it's a classic classic it's a proper cheesy, cheesy love song isn't it yeah 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 and all the other ones we've had have been very like on the nose haven't they well yeah we've had a lot of people <clears throat> answer with like r&b songs yeah really hasn't it mm. but yeah that song is like a good yeah, cheesy French song, probably sung by an English woman. I don't know who. <laughs> was it, um, from I can't remember the guy, but wasn't it Bridget Bardot as well? Oh, was it, I, I have no idea. Who sung the original with the guy? Who's the guy? I was literally reading about it yesterday. So weird that, that, that that's come up. Because we never knew what je t'aime meant. We thought we meant like tit up or something. Yeah. <laughs> we never knew what it meant. <laughs> yeah. Strip or G, that's what <laughs> yeah. properly translated. Yeah, your 10 means you can tip up a woman. <laughs> <laughs> what has made you feel like the kinkiest person ever? Uh, I fucking know, I've just realised this is when I was about 11 as well, right? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it makes me look fucking weird. This is if I've never had a sexual experience since I was 11. But <laughs> we was in Clacton. I know a lot of these are Essex-based, right? But um, Clacton, again, as a kid, um, I was—I must have been 
about 11 because I was this chubby little rude boy, like scar boy, you know, with me two tones and yeah. and um, Jekyll Ash puppies on. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I'm walking around. I, I was up there with family, but, you know, I was at that age where I wanted to be on my own. So I'd go into amusements and whatnot. And then I've sort of gone up a side road and this, you know, little lad from Dagenham has come across these like maybe 14, 13, 14, 15, older than me, bigger than me, you know, these other lads. And they started fucking picking on me. And as much as I was like always up for a scrap, they was just like just punching me. And I'm trying to walk away and proper being fucking bullied just for being in the wrong place at the wrong time. But then I've sort of gone to hit one half tripped and they're fucking hitting me and hitting me. Well, from around the corner, I've seen these two punk girls. And um, one was a biggish girl, and she had, like, really spiky, like, little short spikes in her hair, like red spikes. She looked like a fucking coronavirus head, you know, like <laughs> all these little fucking spikes. And um, they've seen me, and the other girl, she had, um, like, skin-tight jeans on with Dr. Martin boots, and she had this white top on with a large neck, and... It had sort of come down off the shoulder type thing, you know, so it was hanging down over her shoulder. Would well, they have come running to help me, right? And even at that age, I'm on the floor covering up, trying not to get hurt too much while they're fucking kicking the shit out of me. And I can just see this girl who's probably maybe 18, uh, well, these two girls, but the girl that they were both running to help me, and the one who was in this white open neck t shirt, she didn't have a bra on. And this is what fucking boys are like, right? I'm getting my teeth kicked in and I can just see these fucking boobs running towards me, you know? And she's, they've pushed these lads out of the way and the one with the spiky hair is fucking giving it to them, like, you know, hitting them and whatnot. And this other one has bent down to help me and I can just see straight down. And, and again, I, I can't apologise. It was a different life then. But all I can do amongst the fucking bruising and bleeding, I'm looking down this grown-up's top, you know. And, um, yeah, she sort of picked me up and, and they're sort of shouting and throwing stuff at us. And she's pulled me in, literally, into her bosom and going like, you know, we'll, we'll fucking help you. And I'm this 11-year-old kid who's just seen boobs. I've got my face pressed up against <laughs> And they've both got me out. They've got me away from danger, sort of like, you know, got me back to the seafront where it was pretty much safe. And I've thanked them and gone, gone on my way. But ever since then, when I see a, a girl wearing a, a top, it's just a, you know, I don't have any pervy thoughts by any means, but it's just this fucking feeling that I get back as that young 11-year-old boy, you know, <laughs> nostalgia <laughs> putting the pain to one side and seeing this girl you know it was it was all of these emotions coming on so I wouldn't yeah. say it was necessarily a kink but it was definitely the first possibly the first turn on other than the women on the stage which was yeah. before that but the first sort of real life interaction um experience that um or, or inner urge that I'd felt yeah. and um yeah whenever I see a a low cut. It's even like a running joke between me and me missus, you know, like if we're there, if we're, you know, walking along and the girl comes towards us, she'll grab hold of me arms, she goes, you know, <laughs> hold yourself, hold yourself, you know, as, a, as a joke sort of thing, you know. God, that really could have set you on a path of like sadomasochism, <laughs> couldn't it? Yeah. Like remembering yeah. boobs, but also remembering being kicked the shit out of. That's, yeah. that's dangerous, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I was thinking like an aversion. <laughs> well, no, it's like quite old-fashioned. It kind of reminded me of like when women used to like show their ankles to like turn men on. <laughs> it's like a little bit of shoulder. Like, yeah. Scary. <laughs> yeah, here of women that are chasing you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as I say, it's not quite a kink, but it was the first sort of experience that. Um, that, that I love it. Definitely done something to me, and the, doesn't it say something about those girls? And and unfortunately, you know, I'm, 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 you know, bigging them up about their fucking bravery and, um, you know, helping this fucking little kid out. And I, I uh, slightly guilty about um, returning the favour by, you know, having a pubeless erection. I mean, I think you can be. I think you. I think you're allowed that one. 
Oh, I think you'd be made of stone to not. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was in parts. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I mean, that might have been enough to stop the boys kicking you. If they thought you were getting a rock on over it, they would be like, whoa, what's this fucking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit weird though being kicked in, and that you know you're just zooming in on a on a pair of um, free swinging boobs. It's oh, a, it says something right. about <laughs> yeah. it says something about the fucking rest of my life, doesn't it? And, and that's when I knew I was destined for a life of crime. <laughs> <laughs> no pain, no gain. <laughs> oh, idiot. God. Oh, okay. Um, who... So, do you mind, Nina, if you could just pull your top down a little bit, <laughs> just, just over the left shoulder there. I mean, I usually do, but your wife did message us before and said, no, open the <laughs> Make sure you're wearing a roll neck. <laughs> yeah. You know, give him a bit of, give him a bit of shoulder in his head. So when, when girls give me the cold shoulder, that's a little bit of a turn on. I know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing to you, do they? Yeah. <laughs> what You're just walking donut. around like the seafront on a chilly day, watching elderly women like pull their stool up and being like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. Totally blinded. All I see is she the was muscle. all over me. She had her shoulder out and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, uh, <laughs> who who's the hottest person other than obviously your wife all right yeah this is why i was laughing right now <laughs> you know the you know the girls i've known a lot of girls who sean connery is their their um their ideal man, you know, he, even when he was in his fucking 70s and the girls oh, were in he's there. better in his 70s than right. when he was a young man, I think. So mine is a, an older woman, Helen Mirren. I remember seeing her again when I was very young and I just saw her in a film and I thought she was so sexy. And then every time I've seen her again, see, a lot of, I'm, I'm seeing now that a lot of the, the things that, that sort of half turned me on, go back from when I, like these formative years. But yeah, seeing Helen Mirren then in a film, it was, I can't remember what it was called. It was like the, the butcher, the thief, the wife, the lover or something like that it was called. I can't remember what it was, but she was topless anyway. Then every time I see her in a film and even today, like she comes on the telly and I go, oh yeah. <laughs> She's, she hasn't changed in my mind, you know. She's still, she's still She's a very sexy woman, yeah. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. I know, I always see her. She's got, like, a little bit of flavour about her, isn't she? She's always wearing something cool. Yeah, she's from Southend. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she went to... So school. everything is based around Essex, really. Yeah. Maybe you've got an Essex kink. <laughs> where are you girls from? <laughs> yeah, that's why you took a shine to our podcast. Yeah. Exactly. I listen to anything if they're from Essex. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Helen Mirren. I know she's uh, late seventies, but she's still still a oh, beautiful. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. still really sexy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. In my mind, she uh, she hasn't aged at all. Yeah. Okay. Who's the worst? Well, it's got to be Kate Yopkins. I just fucking hear the name, and it makes me want to fucking vomit. I I, I don't really hate anyone anymore in this new world that that I'm in. There is a fucking small elite group, and she's one of them. It's the most fucking repulsive, horrible. She's not visually ugly, but what a fucking ugly person it is, you know. She's quite yeah. an attractive woman until you get to fucking hear how she thinks. What I, I can't, I can't even explain. I can't yeah. even explain. Oh, I'm with you. She's you don't have to. She's so repulsive, and she does that herself. Yeah, and it makes her ugly. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm I, I'm well aware that there's me here, a bloke going, oh, that woman is a fucking horrible woman. You give, and and that could come with all sorts of connotations, but I'm willing to I'm willing to take that yeah. because yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's disgusting person. Yeah, I don't care who you are, like what. But have you seen her in that in that off the shoulder thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, with that chocolate thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, maybe. <laughs> she was from Essex and she uh, uh, chopped her down a little bit with that. <laughs> if she turns out to be that, that punk from when I was oh, in love, you know, I'm like, I've got to be fucking stringing myself up. At the loft batch. Fucking hell. She is fucking horrible. I don't think you'll find many people that think, yeah, I've. I've Fuck her. Oh no, she's disgusting. She's an awful, awful human being. Yeah. Ugh. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it brings us to the final question. Um, I think I know the answer. But would you rather have sex with live Katie Hopkins or a dead, only freshly dead, Helen Mirren? She don't have to be freshly dead. (laughs) 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 Easily, 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 you know, easily. I don't even have to answer the question. It's fucking easy. Yeah. Well, that makes our job really easy because normally when people say they'd rather fuck the live person, we have to persuade them to try and fuck the dead person. Yeah. No, it's not persuading. It wouldn't be the first... (laughs) (laughs) there was that thing in prison there was that little moment in prison that no one speaks about (laughs) when the old nonce got his comeuppance (laughs) yeah and he fell to the ground and his little orange jumpsuit I can't resist it. <laughs> Even the hairy chest never put me off. <laughs> oh, fucking oh, oh my god! Oh man, I've laughed so much. <laughs> so if you, so in summary, if you like wear an off-the-shoulder thing, whilst the jetem is playing in the background, fucking hell, man! Oh, yeah, we've got a, a done deal, haven't we? Then, yeah. We'll have to we'll have to make like a little video and send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Don't. Yeah. Dressed as punks. Yeah. Whilst in the background, we're playing like a little film of a kid getting just like kicked. <laughs> yeah, with a tartan miniskirt. Even it Scott's card. It wouldn't be going. the weirdest request we've had. <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> It's pretty tame, really. Yeah. In the shower. Yeah. It's one of the nicer videos we'll film this week. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, right. Well, we've done an hour. Yeah. Um, but just before we wrap it up, can yes. you quickly tell the story again of you listening to the Two Girls One Shop? <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Market. <laughs> just one sec, sorry. Sorry, I just had to cough on silence there. Right, so during one of the lockdowns, or in between the lockdowns, um, I was listening to your podcast with our good friend Stu, um, and I'd stopped in Sainsbury's car park, sat there for a moment listening to this story. It was getting to a juicy part of the story that you were talking about. So I've just stopped the podcast. Well, I've turned the engine off and I thought I'll, you know, catch it when I get out. Done my little bit of shopping, keeping two metres from everyone, as you do. And uh, as I get to the till, I'm putting all the shopping in the bag. And then just as I'm about to pay from my pocket, the podcast, for some reason, decides to start again. And Nina was telling the listener about this guy in the sex shop who had pulled down his tracksuit bottoms to reveal some PVC clothing. And at the same time, he's swiping through his photographs, showing his various PVC costumes until he come to one photograph, which was his D 
dick, or um, if I remember rightly, he, it was his huge dick. And <laughs> that come out in my pocket. He pulled down his trousers, he's showing me these photographs, all of a sudden it's huge dick. And then Charlie says, do you think he just wanted to show you his dick? Of course he just wanted to show me his dick. <laughs> and I'm looking at this fucking cashier in the eye saying, please fucking kill me. Please security take me away, you know. <laughs> and my God. Yeah, so embarrassing sexual moments, that could have been one of them. That's yeah. Well, I'm glad we're a constant source of embarrassment for everyone and not just ourselves. It's the reason we do this. Yeah. But she had her tabard off to one side, which fucking <laughs> threw me, you know. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I've spent years trying to fucking... Prove I'm not a fucking arse. I wouldn't be sure as proof that I am. I'm just going to leave no papers. Expect the police at your door within the hour. Oh, brilliant. What a great hour. Oh, right, so you've got your own podcast called Ministry of Arts it Podcast, is. where you interview yes. artists. I do. And it's really good. I love it. Everyone should go and listen to that. It's amazing. Even if you're not heavily into art, it's yeah. still interesting conversations with people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, this isn't the voice of a an everyday artist, I suppose, is it? <laughs> no, it was quite a shock. Yeah. It was yeah. quite a shock for me. Oh, oh, this artist guy wants me to listen to his podcast. Listen to it. All right, love. You like your fucking bricks? Get your paintbrushes out. <laughs> But I like that because it makes art more accessible to everyone because if you're not like the hoity-toity, you know... Struggling artist yeah, type. Yeah, then well, that, you feel there's no place for you in art, I think. That's one of the reasons I started it, because it changed my life around. And people from council estates, people, or rather people who aren't into art, get intimidated by art. They don't want to go into a fucking gallery. And it, it changed my world. It changed my life. And it can... Art can only bring joy into your life. So I just try to bring anyone who's who's intimidated by it, drag them along. If, if they can hear this fucking Wally talking about it and talking well, you know, I know the subject very well. I've got a lot of friends. Some of them are A-list artists. Some of them are homeless guys using art to get off the street and everyone in between. Art makes your life a better place and just yeah, bring some of it in. Yeah, absolutely wonderful. And um, one more question. Sorry, I know I said... <laughs> it was already the last question. Um, Go on. You're, you call yourself Mizog Art. I do. What's that? Is that mean? We said mis Mizog is what we call our children when they're being miserable. <laughs> that's exactly where it came from. Oh, is that <laughs> it? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's oh. what my, my granddad used to. I thought it was in like an acronym for Ministry of Arts. And then when no. I wrote it down, I was like, hang on, that doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> no, my granddad always used to call me a Mizog when I was playing up. And yeah. Years ago, the first time I ever had to use it, make up a name was when I started an eBay account and I needed to make a name. And I just thought Mizog because that's when I started calling uh, my, my boy a Mizog when he was crying. My other half had never heard of the word. So at that time, it was just a fun word we'd use. So I used Mizog and then I've just kept it for a while. When it comes to using other accounts like on social media, Mizog art because it was art-based to come a part of it. And it's not, I spell it wrong because someone else had the S in the result. <laughs> it's meant to be, as far as I'm aware, uh, a shortened version of miserable old git. That's oh. what I've heard. Whether that's right or not, I don't know. Well, you know, it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, miserable. I'm really joking. You're anything but miserable. Yeah. It's been so fun to chat with you. I haven't had this... I've laughed this much in ages. No, I haven't. It's really good. It's been lovely. Yeah. Good at my expense. I've got to walk now. I've got to walk away from this podcast with my head in shame. <laughs> <laughs> Rightly so. <laughs> oh, thanks, Gary. Yeah, cheers. Right, that was brilliant. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you later. Ciao.